ball in. Looks across by Fonder. And a inside. It's in. Dundee have scored. An amazing winner that will be. Nzati sprinting from the midfield. Georgian Nzati. Hello and welcome to episode 12 of the Up With The Bonnets podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Smith, and with me is my trusty sidekick, Paul Gray. <laughs> Hi Danny, how you doing? feel a little bit tender. Snap. Yeah. Still <laughs> a lot tender and scun- scunnered. So scunnered for the game and tender because I was at a sixth day off last night. Mm-hmm. And I never had much on draft, so I was on Guinness. And as you can imagine, Guinness gives you an affy, affy headache. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, I was on Peroni, and it was five pound eighty a pint. So, yeah, Co- we bit scunnered in more ways than one. Co- cost of living isn't hit you then, is it? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, before we hit on to the game, obviously it was announced on Tuesday. We gave a little teaser on last Monday's pod, but uh, it was announced on Tuesday that me and Paul will be hosting a manager's night. In Duck Slattery's or Slattery's, um, the old mm-hmm. Fatty's Life, uh, November the third. That's a Thursday, and well, me and me and Paul will be speaking to Jim Duffy, Jockey Scott, Simon Stainrod, and Archie Knox. Um, absolutely looking forward to this, and also we'll be recording it, the audio, so we'll hopefully have it put up as a podcast down the line. Um, not too soon though, because we want you to actually spend your money and come to the event. So uh, we'll not be putting it up days later. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, it's been something that's been in the works for a good few weeks now, eh? So it's good to get off our chest, especially Paul. I think he was struggling to um, no mention it to anybody. Uh, well, no, mention it to people. So yeah, that was yeah, I was bursting at the seams. Put it that way. Put it mm-hmm. that way. So glad glad for it to be out there, so we can actually finally speak about it. And speak about how much me and you are absolutely shaking myself. Oh, it's, it's going to be a train wreck. Honestly, stuttering, <laughs> forgetting words, probably forget the managers' names, everything. Probably. <laughs> um, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. Well, obviously, it's um, <laughs> it's uh, events one hundred and five who are uh, producing it, um, and the uh, Dundee Supporters Association are involved with this as well. So, um, they're uh, lending their expertise to this. So yeah, it's in uh, they two are in cahoots and uh, they've brought in a couple of uh, wide wide boys from a podcast to <laughs> to wing it. Um, but it should be a great night. Um, a lot of we've sold a good few tickets already. A lot of VIP tickets. So obviously VIP tickets get you in early, and you can meet the managers and have a wee bud with them before the show. Um, meet us and and us as well. I mean, I'll <laughs> have I'll have my pen ready for. Autographs, everything. Yeah, um, me as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, yeah, so that, that'll be good. And I think they'll do the first bit of the shows, kind of me and Paul asking questions and hopefully getting a good amount of stories from the boys. And then uh, uh, there'll be a QA. and And um, I'm not too sure, but there might be a, uh, if, what would you call it, a, Auction, fine. Or if there must be or tickets. Or, or, there'll be something anyway. I think there's stuff at the end of it, but it'll be a good night. Um, uh, so hopefully, I think you get your tickets from skiddle.com, S K I D D L E, um, or .co.uk. It's, try, try one of them. One of them will work. So. One will work, yeah. <laughs> one will work, yeah. So, um, so, one will yeah. be a ticket site, and the other end will be like this dodgy website, you know? 
<laughs> Paul's been on his fair share. share so. um, but we will move on and speak about the Inverness game. But actually, before that, we have a, a special guest for us. We have decided to get fans on board with the podcast, uh, get a couple of different views. And we have with us this evening um, Andy Penman, who you'll recognise the name. It's uh, Dundee uh, legend Andy Penman's son. Andy, how are you doing, mate? I'm, I'm very well, gents, and thanks very much for inviting me along. That's no problem at all. No problem Thanks at all. Coming on. Mm. Yeah, so um, I take it you you made the game as well yesterday. I, I did, yeah. And there's a wee bit of synergy in it, I suppose, in some ways, because obviously my dad played for, for Dundee very famously, but he also played for Inverness Caledonian at the end of his career. So despite you maybe not knowing that, that is just sort of a wee sort of add-on to the whole thing. Yeah, Inverness um, Cali played for actually uh, from 1976 to 1979. So, no, I actually lived in Inverness for a wee bit. So, if you get a bit of a five-stroke Indonesian accent, <laughs> um, I, I do apologise in advance. It's not a Dundonian one, um, but to be honest with you, for all, for all the clubs that my dad did play for, when you grow up as a young lad, you probably support all the teams that are winning. But I, I ended up supporting Dundee. <laughs> Um, not because they were winning, obviously, but I just fell in love with the club and it was my dad's favourite club, if I can say that out loud. Obviously, he spent his time at Ibrox as well, but his heart was always at Dens Park. And indeed, things that I thought don't really happen these days, but his ashes were actually scattered at Dens. So it's a nice thing to think of sometimes when I, when I turn up. Um, I used to be a season yeah. ticket holder. I'm not now because I played football myself. wasn't at a great level and ended up coaching. So there was a quite a long period of time where when I did coaching, I couldn't go to games. So I haven't been for a wee while. The last time I was at a game was I actually went to see a friend of mine's son who's actually playing for Hibernian. And I saw the best own goal I've ever seen in my life when Paul McMullen scored that magnificent <laughs> header at Easter Road. <laughs> there was no danger on him either, but he stuck it away beautifully. But that was the last Dundee game I was at until yesterday. And you can probably tell by my voice that I had a lot to shout at and I'm a bit croaky today. A lot to shout at and a lot of people to shout at as well. Aye, it was something else. I know, um, we can... Uh... I can kind of dive right into the reason your voice is probably like that. Um, Aye. I mean... I think, the... I think if I'm being honest with you, and let's cut to the chase a wee bit, if you were a neutral at that game yesterday, you'd have walked away from there saying, that was the best 20-odd pound I've ever spent. It was brilliant. Mm-hmm. If you're an Inverness fan walking away from that game yesterday, you were going, I've got no idea how we won that game, but I'll take it. And if you're a Dundee fan walking away from that game yesterday, as we are, we're going... What about this? What about that? What about the next thing? Your, your your brain is now scrambled because you're going, the manager's changed the team. Why did he do that? What about the players that have come in and taken their place? They, they didn't match up to what we had before. What about these things? What about those things? Tactics, whatever you want to do about it and naming other people that didn't get a game. Seeing people coming on and having an impact in the game, like Paul McGowan in particular. When he came onto the party, I thought the whole thing changed. The game changed. We got the equalising goal and I thought, right, we're going to go in and win the game now. And then we didn't. <laughs> Over to you. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, Mark Ridgers had a fantastic second half. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know, it wasn't for him. We would have been three, four goals, maybe five, I felt. Uh, we'd done everything right up until right on the goal line. And then he just pulled off like save after save. Um, looking back at the highlights, though, the, the saves weren't as good as what I initially thought half of them. Um, but mm-hmm. it was still, he was there. He, he was commanding. Because um, Inverness were awful set pieces to all over the place. And if they'd <laughs> never had him, like, we would have won that quite comfortably. <laughs> but it's all ifs and buts winning, but we're lost. And there's plenty of reasons. We could probably pick up plenty of reasons why we did loss. Um, yeah. The referee performance when it was inept it was awful, to be honest. Um, uh, we can speak about that soon. Um, yeah. And boy, of changing a team, a team that's won two uh, games on the top three now, changed it, uh, tinkered it about. And uh, one of the boys that came back on into the team, Sweeney, gets another soft red card. Um, when I say soft, I mean he's picked up a, a soft yellow card, and then he's that when, and then he's followed the boy who's running through, and even if some people might say ah oh, doesn't maybe want that, it was like he was already on a yellow card. That's him off. Um, and one big thing for me, which I didn't care if a lot of people might think about it, but the absence of a decent defensive midfielder. Because if we had a decent defensive midfielder in that place, I didn't think the boy gets the shot in for the for their third goal at least. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, I'd agree with that. Yep. There's lots and lots you can pick for that. Um, I think the first thing we should look at is the tinkering of the team. So Kerr went to the bench, Marshall went into left back, um, which I wouldn't have been too bothered about until I look back at the highlights. Um mm-hmm. And also moving McGee and Ashcroft, uh, pulling them apart and putting Sweeney in, in beside Ashcroft. Uh, Sweeney has been underperforming all season and this just was another 90 minutes of him underperforming again. Losing out on soft 50-50s. I mean, the third goal, the, the way he just the boy brushed him apart to get the ball and that, that caused the goal. Because if he gets that and kicks, kicks up the park, there's no goal. But he lose. He was so easy brushed off. But <clears throat> it happened a good few times as well. And um, yeah, you see the first goal uh, for them. Uh, no, the, sorry, the second goal. Uh, Marshall should be chasing that ball down, protecting it. But he leaves it. A sharp runs it, gives away a penalty. It was a penalty to me. That was a stonewall penalty. Regardless stonewall. of if he was going away or that, he's, he's filled the boy. Um, but it's a collective mistake between Marshall and Sharp, I think. Um, I can keep going on and on and on about stuff that went wrong in this game, to be honest. Eh? But <laughs> Paul, go on. You, you can take over for a wee bit here. <laughs> well, I don't even know where to start. Um, where do you start? Uh, for me, I would, I would agree, fun, Paul. There's a lot to unravel. Yeah, I, I think we should just start it as first goal equaliser, second goal equal. You know what I mean? You could just do it that way, but. Um, obviously, first goal, Sweeney, I still don't think he even knows that he's even scored. I think it might have hit, hit his arse, went in. Fair enough, it's 1 0, happy days. The equaliser, I don't know what Ashcroft, you know, he took like a fresh air swipe, you know what I mean? He just sclaffed it. Um, but take nothing away from the boy Harper, I thought it was a brilliant finish. I've seen, some people, I've seen some people going on about, uh, you know, Sharp was in a position correctly, he could have got a stronger hand on it, but. For me, that's I don't think there's many keepers that'd be saving that. It was just a well placed shot, and that was that. And then obviously we equalised with McMullen, but I think it's going to be Grayson that's getting it. Ah, yeah, um, I think I think Grayson gets it on the line. 
yeah, just yeah. on the line. But um, or actually, sorry, I've just completely missed the penalty. I, I obviously I, I wasn't at the game. I watched it though. But then I've watched the highlights again this morning, and I took I just completely forgot about what Marshall was playing at. It's like he just shuts down. I don't know if he's been given a shout or what. Or for me, he's, he must have been given a shout by Harrison uh, Sharp. But as soon as you see the keeper coming out, I just knew that's a penalty. Mm-hmm. If he touches him, that's a penalty. Yeah, it was going out. Could have just left him or just jockeyed him. But like you says, you know, Marshall should have probably he should have done a hell of a lot better. But I think he was given a shout. Mm-hmm. He's not just going to stand there static and do nothing. But and I was I was quite annoyed because I thought he actually started the game all right. And then that happened, and then that was him, gubbed, absolutely mm-hmm. gubbed. And then every and again, just going down that uh, left-back position for them. So teams know about it, but nothing gets done about it. Aye. So what are we going to do? I think, Andy, you're, you're probably kind for the podcast, but I've said since day one that we should have strengthened this defence and it'll come back to haunt us. And it, it's coming back mm-hmm. to haunt us nearly for every game now. Um, it's, yeah, I, I laugh at it now. I, I laugh at it now every time I bring it up. <laughs> Yeah. But it's true, though. I mean, look, look at the league, right? Um, when you look at goals for, goals against, there's only one team that's worse than Dundee, and it's Cove. And they're second bottom. Or mm-hmm. joint bottom, actually. So mm-hmm. what does that tell you? <laughs> the defence needs fixed. Yeah. And it was looking good with Ashcroft and Sweeney. Uh, Ashcroft and uh, McGee, sorry. And then he changes it just to basically get Sweeney into the team. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't be putting him back into the team like, at all. <laughs> Not at all. You see the Sweeney's first yellow card. That was uh, the most uncalled for yellow card ever because it just seems like, like fair enough, the boy got past, but Sweeney just bulldozed him. It is, it, it, it's like he forgot how to jockey a player. Like, he did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and, yeah. yeah he, honestly, guys, it's one of those ones you just stay on your feet. Okay, yeah. he's, might, he's maybe stolen a yard on you, but do you see where he was running to? To me, well, I was obviously, I was in the South Enclosure, so. Mm-hmm. I'm looking up towards the, the Bobby Cox stand, looking at that, and I'm going, right, he's not really going anywhere. He's outside the 18-yard box. Stay on your feet. Even if he gets to the byline, he's going to have to get his body around there to get a cross in. Even if he gets mm-hmm. a cross in, so what? Maybe it's a keeper's ball. Just stay on your feet. Mm-hmm. But he's lunged so, in, so and I'm going, <laughs> why? <laughs> why are you doing that? And it, and it was an obvious booking. It, it wasn't even debatable. It was a yellow card all day long. See the second one though, I, I would argue, and I think it's a wee bit, people will go, oh no, it was a booking. But see sometimes when a player is running at you full pelt and you stand still and he runs into you, because to be honest with you, that is actually what happened. Yep. Uh, is it a yellow card? Uh, I don't know. But he's given it. He's, he's, mm-hmm. he's then given the referee a chance to make that decision, to be fair. And I thought, he's going to send him off. <laughs> and he did. But it was one of those ones where I've seen it a number of times where a, a defender will stand, stand their ground, striker just running, knocks the ball past him. He's maybe not even going to get the ball at the other end of it, but he's run into Sweeney, he's gone down, and he's just given the referee the perfect opportunity to just send him off. Mm-hmm. I think if he wasn't on a yellow card, then there's a possibility he might not have got booked for that. Mm-hmm. But again, I've seen, like, yeah. I've seen, you see them tackles. A dime a dozen of football, and not every player gets yeah. a yellow card. But I think it's because he's on a yellow card. It's kind of made the rest decision from me. Yeah. Um, we have no touch on actually the stonewall penalty that we should have had. In oh, minutes. how could we forget? 
Jesus. Yeah. That's why I've got a sore throat. Yeah. Two yeah. minutes. Two minutes in, your throat went already. <laughs> I was stone water. I couldn't yeah. believe it. You know that was the worst thing that ha- that that was an awful decision, and it went downhill from there. It was that bad yesterday. Yeah, set the tone definitely. Oh, definitely set the tone. Even even in even in I mean, injury the... time at the end of the game, there was a situation where Jordan Marshall, bless him, kicked the ball off of an end of Inverness striker for a throw in for Dundee. Okay, the game is about done anyway, and the linesman signalled. To give a throw to Dundee and then signal the other way, and I'm going that that sums it up. That's how bad it's been today. It was awful. I've seen that. Yeah, I, he so calmly raised his uh, flag and then just seemed Dundee took changed the it. Then, then changed it. Yeah, <laughs> really. I, oh, I, I just I just seemed to be every time Inverness got the ball and a Dundee player went to them. And he was on the ground. That was a free kick for Inverness. Softest challenges going. And I think there was at one point, and I didn't again, I was in the first half. So I think the Dundee player got pulled back. No, I think it was Grayson got hammered in midfield. Then Mm -hmm. Zach Robinson got pulled back in front of the ref. Then somebody else got kicked. And then the Inverness player got the ball. And then a Dundee player went behind him. And the player went down and got a free kick. I was just bewildering like some of the decisions. But it's... I mean, we complain about referees' performances all the time, but I mean, yep. this ends up here with the Queen's Park game, not a couple of yeah. weeks back. Um, but this one was worse, absolutely worse. Mm. Um, and yeah, Aye. you can put that as a factor as one of the reasons we never won the game because we should have had the penalty. Um, well, it was a penalty and a red card at the end of the day. He's on, he's on the goal line, and I know we don't have VAR and we're swimming about in the fish pond that we're in. So you're not you're not going to get the best referees. You're not going to get the best players either, fundamentally. Um, but yeah, it, when everyone in the ground can see it, apart from the two people that are the most important, like that linesman and the referee, I I, I can't quite fathom that. I don't know how they didn't catch that. No idea at all. No, nah. but I mean, what the um, yeah. At the end of the day, I mean, like we've got a lot of things to complain about. Um, a lot of decisions that went against us and everything and I think the thing that hurts the mist off for Paul, at least he predicted that it would be 5-0 Dundee 3-0 I said 3-0, I thought it was a 5-0 <laughs> but then you said a uh, score draw would be Desmond um, I'm pretty sure with a slated Billy Mackay saying he couldn't have scored in a brothel mm-hmm. <laughs> he scored Um yeah, I think we just jinxed on Dime. I think we, I'm sure we mentioned it before. Let's stop making predictions. Let's just stop making predictions. Well, we did start doing it. We stopped making predictions. We started winning. We went back to making predictions. We're getting beat. <laughs> so it's our fault. Yeah. It's not the player's fault. It's not Gary Boyer. It's not the ref. It's two dafties on a podcast. <laughs> um, I'm trying to rack my brains if there was any more. Um, talking points from the game that we can dive into. Um, but I think just kind of blunting everything out there, I think we've kind of covered a lot of it. Um, Cameron being dropped. Aye, yeah. I mean, well, well one thing I actually I'd like to mention, like, Andy, you mentioned about McGowan coming on and changing the game. But, I thought yeah. he did as well. Well, I but, felt he did. And I know beauty's in the eye of the beholder, but I thought when he came on the park... 
there was more play through the midfield. There was more going and getting on the ball, making passes, making forward yep. passes. There was a couple of times when you could see he was wanting to switch the ball. In his head, he could say, right, I need to go and switch the ball out to McMullen on the right wing because he was in space. But his body was telling him, I can't kick it that far. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, so, so uh, that was a shame. But you could tell that he, he definitely made a difference. And, and even to a, a smaller degree, I felt as though McGinn did as well. You could tell that he's experienced, known where to go, known how to get on the ball. Then Marshall got to get a bit further forward, got a few more crosses in because McGinn was pulling the full back inside the pitch a little bit and a wee bit more came down that left-hand side as well. But every time he swung a cross in, it hit an Inverness defender's head, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Yeah. So there's was, there was elements of it, as I genuinely said earlier on, when we equalised, I thought there's only one winner here and it's going to be Dundee. I yeah. felt they were on the front foot. I felt like Inverness were kind of hanging on. That's when they started passing the ball back to the goalkeeper and he was launching it. Do you know what I mean? They, they, they didn't want to play themselves and then, as I said, one goal, they ended up with the third goal. But I don't I don't think it's as doom and gloom necessarily as you think. But aye, there was maybe some, let's say, team selections that are maybe not quite right. And a few people that have come onto the park we should certainly be thinking about starting the game in the next game. Is it on Friday? It'll be Friday, yeah. Yeah, 23rd, yep. Yeah. Yep. yeah. I think um, I felt that midfield was quite lightweight. I didn't. I, uh, I think we're, we're missing McGowan being in there. Uh, mm. And he's not had a starting spot in a few weeks. And I don't think there's nothing wrong with him. Um, just not getting a game. But one criticism and we try hard not to criticise, like Paul criticises Marshall quite a lot, but I try hard to keep my criticism for players um, to the minimum. But it's to me, I can't score the goal, but Grayson has been really underwhelming for myself. I mm-hmm. didn't really see what 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 Boyer does. I think we've got better players in the team uh, than him, and yeah, that's one thing I'm thinking. I, I, like. Just where I can, I think Burn picked up a wee niggling injury, but I would take him in his spot, hundred percent, like every single game. I just don't see it for him. I think anybody else is the same. I think he had a man of match performances first on his debut, but after that, his performances have dipped. In my opinion, I've not seen nothing for him at all that makes him change a game. Um, Kenny's got like a hell of a left peg on him, but we're not seeing enough of that really. We're not seeing any. Um, Defence cutting passes, or can something which well, when they promised, but um, that when you're reading the articles about him when he did sign for us, that was what he did. Um, I'm not seeing nothing at all that kind of wants him being in that team. I think I'm mm-hmm. used to feel the same as well. Yep, certainly do. It doesn't really do much for me, like at all. I mm-hmm. don't know. I know you can whip in a decent corner, but that's it. Mm-hmm. That is it. So, yeah, I'm a great, full of, full of agreement. Mm-hmm. Harder for, me, harder, harder for me to say because that's the first time I've seen him in the flesh because I, I did watch the Arbroath game when it was uh, on that Friday night so I did watch that game and he did stand out like a sore thumb mm-hmm. but he was picking the ball up from the defence and had plenty of time to knock the square passes to full backs to play a few forward passes and I take some set pieces so he did look good that night on Saturday I just felt the midfield was a bit hurly-burly from start to finish for both teams, to be honest. And I don't think 
anybody got a chance to put their foot on the ball and they said in the, as I said again, the noticeable difference was when McGowan came on because he did get his foot on the ball in midfield. When ever, when everybody else, the second touch was a tackle. Yep. Aye. Yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely. Yep. And there's a there's another uh, player as well, Josh Mulligan, absolutely wasted out on the wing, out, out wide. He should be in the middle. Uh, that could be a, a spot that Grayson's taken. That Mulligan could be it. Um, mm-hmm. he's been absolutely fantastic in that position and then for the last what three, four, five games well we don't know as much maybe three or four he's been put out wide and he's not making an impact because it's not his kind of uh, position I guess um, yeah. I, it's, it's just a shame to see a player who we know can do something and like you say get him doing, running doing that middle um, and he'll take on boys uh, might not get past them half the time but he runs at players but he's not getting that in the wing. He's not getting that in the wing because he's no a winger. Uh, it's another kind of defence, no defence, uh, managerial decision that I'm totally not getting. And no. like I said, I, I didn't want to criticise the manager because he is still fairly new into this uh, team. Um, but when I was sitting, like, was it fifth in the league? Um, yeah. Where three defeats have came against Partick, Ayr, and obviously Inverness, each game we've conceded three goals. Two of them have been at yeah. home. Um, if, we have, if we want any ambition to be going up this season, even via the playoff, this is the teams that we've got to be taking points off at. But we're no, and we're gifting right. the wins. It's um, it, you're not going up if you can't beat the teams that um, that are around you, and something that we're not doing. Mm-hmm. Just going touching on like what you were saying about Mulligan there. Um... I've noticed in the last few games that teams have been putting about two or three boys on him. Mm-hmm. I've noticed that. Because um, it looks like, well, well, for me, he's a danger man, but and obviously teams have noticed that as well. We're putting two or three boys on him, but playing him out on the right, waste of time, get him in the middle, simple as that. <laughs> that, that that's it as well, Paul. He's an easy target on the wing then, because, mm-hmm. well, he's on the wing. Get him in the middle, he's got plenty of space to move around and like, lose uh, jockey half players or lose players. And so... If boys, are, if boys are doing that, team managers are doing that, then he's not going to get into this game at all. Like I say, he's yeah. floundering at that position. And that's not even like a, a, a dig at him. It's just because he's, he's, no, he's not doing it there. But get him in the middle, he'll, he'll do it, eh? But um, again, it's all ifs and buts here. And yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, 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 sorry, I was saying to you um, earlier, like, the only positive I can really take from the game is that the results on Saturday kind of went in our favour a wee bit. Mm-hmm. You know, party, party drawn two all when they were two 0 up against Cove, brilliant. Um, Wraith beating air, so I mean, because if Partick had won, they'd be six points ahead of us already. And that for me is an absolute disaster. Mm-hmm. It is. So okay, it's four points. We're still, you know, there or thereabouts. But like it says, with the goals, the goal record. 13 scored and 11 conceded. That 11 conceded, that's that's got to be standing out to Gary. Like it, mm-hmm. it has to be. And he's got to then look what's caused this. Is it Sweeney? I don't want to point fingers myself, like, but I think it probably is because I thought he was woeful against Inverness. And I think he's sending off kind of just summed up the performance of one, him, and two, the referee. <laughs> Hi. Yeah. Double whammy with that one. Double um, whammy. I mean, I still think we've got till the 1st of October to get loan signings in. I, I think that's just if we're getting loan signings for other Scottish clubs, not too clued up. 
Um, no. But there's still scope there to at least attempt something. But, um, I mean, you're kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel right now if you're wanting to improve your team. <laughs> get out my head, um, get, get out my head. That's exactly what I was about to say. Yeah, I, I, I feel like signing boys like so late, you know, with either loans or free agents. I think that's the or mm-hmm. scraping, scraping where the barrel once was. Yeah, aye, that's even better. That's that cliche book that you bought coming into good effect, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that was actually in it, so I'm. I, I think I'll submit a wee uh, idea to the author. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, we, we can sit here moaning about <clears throat> referees, performances, formations, players, but at the end of the day, but we're beating three two, and. Um, that is the only start that matters come the end of the day. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously we've got um, a game coming up, so we've got a wee break from the um, from the, the league campaign. And it's the Challenge Cup this Friday, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Against the New Saints. I'll be honest with you, lads. I've not looked at anything today with this this team, this competition. It's just I something. Uh, well, come on. <laughs> it's, it's something that just not interest me at all. I didn't want to be playing in it, but you are playing in it because the league you're in. It's just something that I, I'm just no bothered about. And like fair play to other boys that are travelling down. Like, there's loads of people yeah. in our chat poll that's going down. And come you know yeah. I've had the chance I probably would go um just purely for the day. Um but it's yeah, it's I've I'll watch it. I want us to win. But at the same time I just no interest in it at all. So, Paul, come on, if you've looked it up and if you've got stuff there, then come oh, on. No, take, take not, really, not really. Like, I, I was just going to say that for me, I think this game, I'm, I'm not interested in it either. It's the league, full stop. Um, I think this should be a game for any players that are kind of sitting on the, the periphery of the first team, you know, or boys need fitness, you know, or game time, you know what I mean? I think this should be the game just to chuck the boys in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and see who wants to go for it. But I did actually have a look at them. Um, so they're, what, six games into their season, into their league season. They've got 16 points. They're top of the league. They've <laughs> scored 14 goals and conceded one. Fantastic. And you've not won 7-0 at the weekend, I believe. I'm sure somebody shared something on social media. I think they won 7-0 at the weekend. They certainly did. <laughs> certainly did. Yep. I just I was looking at that this morning. Yeah, they, they were away from home against Cardiff Metropolitan. So they were in Wales. Game. <laughs> sounds like it sounds like a police team. Yeah, there was a team that met police. I'm sure there was. <laughs> I mean, the fact that it's on TV. Um, I wish this I was. Could there. Be, this could be. could be embarrassing. There. Could be embarrassing. Yeah. Could I be. mean, I think I didn't care much about the league doing there. Um, and I think a few teams have been handed uh, uh, their arses to them when they came up against, uh, like say, Welsh and Irish teams in the Europa League and, and uh, conference leagues and even this competition. Um, mm-hmm. So we kind of like, think that we should be winning them. But if he changes the team, gets McGowan in, gets Cameron, he'll be a wee run out again. I didn't see any reason to drop him, to be honest. Um, you know, McGee back in the centre back, and I up to him about Marshall and Kerr for left back. Um, you would think that would have enough in us to at least go down and get the the win. But um, see, this is me start the care about it now. 
after five minutes <laughs> ago. Know. Hard after, but, um. I, I would know. I think I, I generally feel like this should just be like a training exercise. Mm-hmm. I, I, maybe that's sounding really disrespectful to the new Saints, but I just, I'm like you, I'm just not interested in this at all. Mm-hmm. I just think our players need to get the ones, like you said, so you're probably looking at maybe Legstons, Sheridan, Jakubiak, if he's ever going to come back, God knows. Um, any of these guys that are just needing the fitness, needing the game time, get them in. Give them a game. Mm-hmm. Get the young boys in as well. Stuff it. Just send the young boys down. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Young boys down and then anybody that's on the injury table. On you go. Crack on. <laughs> and sure. get a night out after. <laughs> a wee night out. <laughs> um, I mean, we'll, we'll have to go and speak in, in depth about it next, in the next pod, so we'll be watching it. But like you say, mm-hmm. um, it's just something, a competition. That <clears> I, I don't know what, nothing today we... Um, I came with one a few times, but it's just not does not interest me at all um like like i was saying like obviously you know we're no interested in it fair enough but after that game there's like three three games in in the league in a week you know we've got hamilton on the first and then it's cove the rescheduled game that's on the fourth and then our broth on the eighth mm-hmm. so that that's basically the teams that are sat at the bottom of the league currently i think they're all i think they're the bottom three Mm-hmm. So we've got to be like we've got to be taking maximum points against them. Have to. We've got to. That should be the main focus. Definitely. I get boys to get sharper for these games. Um, mm-hmm. uh, what's your thoughts on on the game, Andy? A bit of mix as well. I thought when the draw was made, everyone was getting quite excited because they thought they were going away on a European tour. But <laughs> apart from that, I don't think I'm. <laughs> to be honest with you. See when Dundee are playing, I'm interested. So if if Dundee can go down there on Friday night and put in a performance and when you're talking about the likes of Sheridan getting a game, 100%, let me see Cameron play, get him in. Maybe put um, Jordan McGee back in with the Ashcroft at centre-half again because you know that Sweeney's not going to be playing in the next league game, so let's go and work on that. Correct. Leave John Marshall if you want and see if he can come on to a game. Do you know what I mean? But but mm-hmm. go and go and make the changes that you need to change. Get Niall McGinn playing, playing from the start. I mean, I see he's got this formation that he wants to play to, and it seems to be the four-two-three-one formation. And if he's going to stick to that, maybe he want to change it up a little bit and play with two strikers, play four-four-two. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Just try something a little bit different. Sheridan and Rodden up front, or Robinson and Rodden up front, or whatever. Yeah, just a wee change. Aye, that's it. That's what that's what the way I think we should be. Like you say, treating the game as uh, like could this work? Yeah, and we'll see. Yeah, like like you say, Paul, uh, these three games coming up against the bottom of the team, uh, bottom mm-hmm. of the tables. Uh, yeah, no, probably no better time to because it is it is a kind of if you get beat, you get beat. I'm really in this competition. It's not going to be a big uproar if we get beat. I would, I would hope not. <laughs> um, nah. But it's it. so it's kind of like right, there's not going to be a big backlash if I do change it quite a lot, um, if you know what I mean. So um, we'll, we'll see what happens. Like you say, we'll be watching the game on TV, and uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll dissect it next week and and go through it all. And like you say, if, if we win, we'll, we'll probably start maybe a little, little bit more enthusiasm in it. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see. But um, we'll, we'll, like you say, we've got Andy here, um, son of Andy Penman, as we said. So I mean. Since you're here, we may as well speak about your upbringing. Um, 
what made you a Dundee fan and just like what was it like having um a, a famous dad um winning leagues and and you know European tours with Dundee and then basically he's got a supports uh, club uh, bus named after him and uh, well, there was the Andy Penman lounge and all this. I mean he's a he's a Dundee legend, isn't he? I know it, it's one of those things that to be honest with you, it's an it's almost like an honour to be son, if you like. Mm-hmm. And that might sound like a little bit corny to say. Um, I've obviously grown up with football in my life, for my entire life. It's been football and nothing else, to be perfectly honest with you. And, and when you're growing up as a young lad, and as I said to you before we actually came, I'll say on air, because obviously you'll be putting this out to, to the fellow Dundee supporters as, as such, that, you know, when, when I was born in 1967, but by that point, He'd, he'd actually left Dens and went to went to Rangers at that point. I believe it to be the case that before then, they tried to sign him at 63, 64 maybe. So after the sort of European adventure, but he turned him down. He didn't want to move. And I guess, why would you? Because you'd, you'd won the league title, you'd played in the European Cup, got to the semi-final, you were still surrounded by your teammates and the great players that you had. So why would I want to go to Rangers? Do you know what I mean? Sounds bizarre for that to anyone to say that these days because people would jump through hoops and off and would go for the money. But in 1967, that is what happened. Eventually they came in. I, I can't remember. I'm not even going to even try to guess. And there may be older fans that will know way better than I will, but Gilzines and all those people would have left the club by then. Ian Ewer would be gone. Etc. Etc. So by that point, when Rangers came knocking in 1967, he's decided to, to head off to Ibrox. And there's a wee story that I, my mum said. Yeah, I think I think my mum had had a conversation, but I believe it might even be Bobby Cox. And my mum was saying to Bobby Cox, "I don't want him to go." And he turned around, and my mum's name is Sandra. Sandra, she's still around, and. Uh, and she said, he said to he said Sandra, he says he, he's not going to get a chance like this again. He'd be nuts not to go. Mm. So he did. He duly obviously went to Rangers. But to be honest with you, Rangers was okay for I think for a couple of seasons. But after that, it turned a wee bit south for him at Ibrox, and I don't think he had the best of times. And I suppose that's why. You know, when I was growing up, if I ever going to go and watch a football game, it was always up to Dens Park. Mm-hmm. Now, we lived in Inverness, as I alluded to earlier, when he went to Arbroath after Rangers for about two to three seasons. Um, I think he was fairly much loved there. I went to games at Gayfield with him at that time, and I actually posted a little picture of him on uh, social media a couple of weeks ago. Uh, because Arbroath were part-time, he was a janitor at Inverkeen High School. Now, we're, we're fifers, as I said earlier. And we lived in Versailles. So he he was then Verkeeden High School janitor. There's a wee picture of him playing football five sides against the kids at school. <laughs> um, and and anyway, so he's playing for our growth at the weekend. He used to train with Unfermin Athletic on a Tuesday and a Thursday night and, and play for our growth on a Saturday. And we used to get the train from Inverkeeden and go right up through Dundee and get to our growth. On match days, and he used to take me with him. I was it was like tractor and trailer. Apparently, I was everywhere with him. <laughs> he, he, even 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 when I was a toddler at Ibrox, there's 
apparently stories of me kicking a ball around with Sandy Jardin in the sort of under under the stand area. But I don't recall any of that, to be honest, because I was too young. But I do recall getting on the train and going up to Gayfield. And there's one particular story that I remember that it just stuck with me. And I don't know why, but it did. That we used to arrive really early, and I can't remember what the, there used to be a hotel, if it's not still there now, just up the hill a bit from the stadium at Gayfield. And my dad used to go there after getting off the train and have his lunch, pre-match lunch. But every now and again, before we went up to that hotel, again, I don't even know if it's still there, we would go into the ground first. And there was one day that, for whatever reason, I... Uh, how old would I be? Eight, nine years old? Eight years old, maybe. Took a wander along to the visiting dressing room, opened the door and walked in for reasons that I do not know why. And right in the middle of the dressing room floor was a hamper, a great big wicker basket hamper. What's in there? I thought to myself, and I opened it up, and lying on the top of it was the green and white hooped Celtic jerseys because a growth. Our both were playing Celtic that day. I didn't know that. So I very quickly dropped a hamper lid, absolutely, pardon my language, shat myself. <laughs> <laughs> owned, the, owned the dressing room door and ran out and went, oh, I better go out of here, that's nothing to do with me. So, so just a little memory like that, you know, it's just something that kind of stuck in my mind. But just ha- happy memories, if you like, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, trips to... Ibrox with my dad when he was with Arbroath. There was a quite a, a famous story, and it's kind of anecdotal as such because I don't remember the conversation happening. But there, there was a a house across from Ibrox, and there was a woman called Mrs. Cook. Now, I don't know who Mrs. Cook was, and I'm saying her name out loud, and I, I, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's what it was. And the players used to go and have a cup of tea and a sandwich in Mrs. Cook's house, all right? So our both were playing Rangers at Ibrox, 1970-something, four maybe. And my dad had went to Mrs. Cook's and I was there with him. And believe it or not, my dad has his boots with him and he was cleaning his boots. He was part-time at the time, cleaning his boots, getting ready for the game in Mrs. Cook's house. And in walked Alec McDonald. So my first thing my dad says was to Alan McDonald, what are you doing here? Well, I'm not playing today. How no? Oh, there's one or two of us no playing today. You're just resting a couple of players today. And it got my old man's dander right up. Mm. So Arbroath fans will famously say that Rangers 2, Arbroath 3, with my dad running the show in midfield, and you can catch it on YouTube if you want, back healing it and over everything because it got his dander up because they thought you can't do that to me yeah mm. he felt disrespected by it so Aye. again it's anecdotal of course but just a funny wee story um, absolute class I've never and, heard and, that one that's really good that. you know, <laughs> and there's a couple of wee Dundee stories if you, if you want but this is again obviously if you can imagine sitting as a son on a Saturday, maybe even after I played football, because I played junior football, and we'd maybe have a, my dad would come and watch me, but have a wee chat about how rubbish I was that day. And, <laughs> and a few tips and hints, every now and again I'd get a wee, a wee nugget which was helpful. I, I see when you pass it to the striker, don't run by him because 
he's constantly losing the ball and he's that bugger's no running back and it's always you that's getting caught. Anyway, so there was a lot of wee stories came out about Dundee and the sort of family get atmosphere that they had at the club at the time that won the league and whatnot. And some of the characters and Alec Hamilton was always known as the kind of the joker of the group, I would say. Others might know differently, but this is the way I remember it. So my dad was saying to me one day that Alec Hamilton just turned up at the house randomly and he says he called my dad Hair. So you go, why did he get called Hair? Because he liked German cars. So Hammy called my dad Hair, right? So he turned up to the house and went, all right, Hair, we're going to the golf. My dad's going, we're not going to the golf. He says, I we are. We're going to Carnoustie, State. We're going to the Open Championship and we're going to the golf. 1968, I think, or something like that. He says, I'm not going, we've not got tickets. And he turned to my mum and said, Sandra, what paper is it you read? She goes, the Daily Express. He says, I knew that, I knew that. Go and get that paper and get me a pair of scissors. Right, okay, so Julie, my mum comes back, a pair of scissors, and there's a paper at the Daily Express. And he gets the scissors and he cuts the word press out of the top of the head of the paper. <laughs> so he says, right here, come on, get in the car. And he sticks the word press on the dashboard and he drives right up to the, the front door, basically, at Canusti, thinking he's been really smart about having this press sticker in front of the car. And, of course, the guy that's the steward recognised him because they're not exactly not famous, Andy Penman and Ali Hamilton. And the guy goes... All right, Hammy, and you come. <laughs> so I didn't even need the sticker. Anyway, so it, it, it's wee stuff like that, you know. And 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 the, and the only other one I'll, I'll talk about is probably later in life when all these guys are retired and Alec Hamilton and Bobby Cox used to work in the lounges at Dens. And my, my dad and I, as I said, tractor and chair, my dad would say, right, come on, we're going to be up to Dens today and we'll go and take it. And this is how I ended up supporting Dundee. Uh, no matter who they were playing, my dad every now and again would go up and we'd go into the lounge, which is now the Penman Lounge. It wasn't at the time, but it's now the Penman Lounge. Um, and more often than not, Bobby Cox was in that one and Alec Hamilton was working further along in the, in the stand in the other lounges. But all of a sudden, Hammy would appear. Forgive me for calling him Hammy, but that's how I remember him. Hmm. And Hammy would appear and go, All right, Coxer. And oh, you're here as well, here. And, and Hammy's, Hammy's joke was because my dad had one Scotland cap and Hammy had played for Scotland on numerous occasions and of course Coxer as he called him hadn't and he would go alright here, we've got a game here tomorrow uh, I'll bring the strips if you bring your one Scotland jersey I'll bring ten of mine and that's it, we've got strips for the game Coxer, forget it Coxer, you've not got one <laughs> so that again, that was just the kind of sort of the back, the dressing room banter, the wind ups, that kind of thing. But just it was just great to to hear that, yeah, and, and be involved in the discussions and hear about those things that happened. Um, here, here's one last one, a controversial one. <laughs> it, 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 it's a story about when Dundee won the league, and <clears throat> it's about the day at Newton Park. And I'd heard anecdotally that because Dundee needed one point to win the league and St. Johnson needed one point to stay in the league, that there might have been a sort of gentleman's agreement that 
that might be quite a good result for both. <laughs> now, obviously you know that it was 3-0. The other anecdotal evidence to the fact that it was 3-0 was that the left-back playing against Gordon Smith was kicking lumps out of him, so they thought, sod it, let's go and stuff this mob. <laughs> that could be absolute nonsense, by the way, and I'll take that as being potentially nonsense. I actually had the opportunity to go to one of these events that were organised by the club in kind of memoriam of winning the league. And I was invited to go and represent my dad, which, as I said to you before, was an absolute honour to do. And it still is when conversations ever come up. And, of course, a lot of the players at that time, I'm going back probably 10 to 15 years ago now, were still around. And I know a lot of them have passed since, which is very sad, obviously, and particularly Pat Lenny lately. Mm. But I had the opportunity sort of after the event had finished and we're sitting in, I think it was the Hilton in Dundee. And I was sitting next to Ian Ewer and we're having a shooting the breeze, having a couple of bottles of beer. Could be two o'clock in the morning by this point. And I happened to bring the subject up. Was this sorted out to just be a, a draw? He was offended by it. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, I thought, I thought two things. First, I thought, shit. Uh, well, that's, that guilty. was absolutely whatever I've heard has been an absolute lie, and I felt really bad. And then later on in life, I thought, what? Maybe if they didn't they tell him, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because he would never have agreed to it because he was such a one winner. Do you know what I mean? And I was just like yep. those strange things. You know, you never know. You just don't know, do you? So, well, I have heard that story as well. I've heard have that you? story. Yeah, well, there's I have an heard element that. Of it, but then it, 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 but he quashed it, and in no uncertain terms, and I got told, put in my place, absolutely not. Did we agree to that? No chance. So whether that was a cover story or or, or he was just never told, or I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You've got bigger balls than me because I didn't think I'd have the guts to ask any Dundee players from that time. I had 15 bottles of Budweiser by then, so I was able to come out with it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely fantastic. I mean, we could all sit here and wonder what it'd be like to to, yeah. to, to play for Dundee or have somebody that you know like mm-hmm. play for Dundee as well. But, and I mean, like, the fact that your, your dad like was... But was part of the golden generation, really. Yeah, it's a team yeah. that, like you say, were nearly champions of uh, Europe and uh, were champions yeah. of Scotland. And um, mm-hmm. like you say, f- f- getting to the final of the Scottish Cup, I think in sixty three, sixty four, and you know, and, and like you say, got a lounge named after him and inducted. And in I think it was yourself you were there. You were there for when he got inducted into the the Hall yeah, of Fame. Yeah. So it was my mum and my two sisters were both there as well. Yeah, it was great, mm-hmm. absolutely fabulous. Was that the Care Hall, wasn't it? Was that there? I, I think it was something like yeah. I think they had that and yeah, there would have been the the sixty two dinner. Uh, yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I, I can only be envy of you of growing up. Uh, with a dad so famous and um, also having them stories to tell uh, and, yeah. and what but, but when you played football as well it was a bit of a challenge because <laughs> you were never as good yeah, as yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, because this is not about me this is about, about him but I, it was a mm-hmm. challenge for me to be honest with you I was lucky enough to get a couple of games at Dens if I'm honest um, when I was 15, 16 
we came up to the ends for a game and we went into the boardroom after it and Donald Mackay was the manager at Dundee at the time. And I think Dundee played, oh, here's a, I'll elaborate too much, but Dundee were playing Celtic that day, if I remember rightly. And I always remember the Celtic players getting off the bus, coming in the main door at the players' entrance, like Sir Tommy Burns and all people like that. And they came off with the grey flannels, the white shirt, the Celtic tie, the green blazer with the, the Celtic badge on it. And Charlie Nicholas got off in a shiny navy blue mohair suit, white T-shirt, <laughs> pair of loafers, knee socks. You're just thinking, really? Honestly, and that's a fact. It came just completely different, like totally disrespected the whole thing. But anyway, anyway, we were in the boardroom after the game, and my dad and Don McKay were just chatting away, shooting the breeze. And he just Don McKay turned to me and said, "So, do you play football?" And I went, I looked, looked at him, looked up, and went, "Yeah, yeah, I do. Who do you play for? Oh, I play for Headwell United. They're a, a boys' team playing Dunfermline, where where we lived." Uh, what position do you play? I play left midfield. All right, you're left-footed. Your dad was right. I'm left-footed. I am actually left-footed. I broke my right leg when I was a young lad and I kept started kicking the ball on my left foot. That's why. Um, well, we've got a game on Monday night against Brecon, a reserve game. Why don't you come up and we'll get, give you 10 minutes at the end? Aye. Well, why no? The, the, following, the following day, I was playing for Headwell against the team in Kirkcaldy. I scored a hat-trick. We won 4-1. And it's the only time I've ever walked off a park and it was at half time. And my dad walked onto the park and he shook my hand and he says, need to get you a game for Dundee every week if you're going to play like that. <laughs> so anyway, oh, I, I came up, I was sitting on the bench waiting for this 10 minutes. And it was about 10 minutes before half time and next thing the trainer, as you called him at the time, no, the physio, the trainer, gets his bag and the magic sponge and runs onto the park towards the south enclosure. And next thing, it's like the, the signs with the arms going, not nah, the guy's knackered, whoever it was, I don't even know who it was. Can't remember anything about it, to be perfectly honest with you. Right, son, on you go. <laughs> so I got 55 minutes, to be perfectly honest with you. But it was a, a brilliant experience. It really was. And I, I'm going to say one person that I think was playing behind me. I'm pretty certain that it was Tosh McKinley that was playing left back that night. Pretty sure. I'm not, I can't remember because I genuinely can't. I was just a 15-year-old laddie caught in the headlights on a Monday night at Dens Park playing against Beacon in this game. And we won 2-1, by the way. I just thought I'd let you know that. Hey! <laughs> hey! hey. <laughs> and I think there was even a, a trialist playing up front for Dundee that night who maybe even scored a couple of goals. Anyway, I don't even know who that was. Um, so that was interesting. And then I came in and said, right, so next Monday... There's an under-18 game, and we'll get you back up. Right, remember, I'm 15. Under-18 game, and we're playing Wraith Rovers. Nightmare traffic coming up the Perth Road, coming up from Fife. Late getting there, got in the dressing room. There's 35 laddies sitting there. No, just 12, 13. I got the middle half hour of three half-hour parts to the game. I think I kicked it twice. Never got another game for Dundee, and we got beat nine 0 So, it, it just what I will say to you is, it just goes and shows you how difficult, fortuitous that becoming involved in football is or can be. Mm-hmm. It's not easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I did go down to Man City for a trial. I did play for East Five 
in the reserves on a number of occasions, but I was never good enough to get signed, and ultimately, um, later in life, I understood why. When I started coaching, I understood why. I didn't have the aptitude for it. I had lots of talent and skill, but I didn't have the actual determination and the work ethic that you need. Mm-hmm. So when we slag off people like Jordan Marshall, Ryan Sweeney, <laughs> right, <clears throat> and we do, and I, I can see why, <laughs> if, you, if you give me that. <laughs> but those guys have worked off you hard to get where they've got. Yeah. And it's difficult to play professional football. And there are hundreds and thousands of people like myself who would love to have done it that never actually got the chance. I was close, personally, but it didn't happen. And there's millions of people like us. So it's not that easy. And, it, and we're quite right, we can go and slag them all off if we want, but it's not easy to make it at, at this level at all. No, I'll end end guilty now. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to put out a heartfelt apology to Jordan Marshall. <laughs> I'm really sorry. Not a bad player. I love you, mate, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> but he's right, though. He's right, yeah. Andy. You're absolutely bang on. Absolutely bang on. I spot on, mate. Yeah, yeah, I'm spot on. That's what I was saying earlier as well. Like, I didn't really like criticising people quite a lot. Yeah. Um, but sometimes I just get my back up as well with stuff. And it's like what you, you're, you're a punter. Yeah. And sometimes you can turn into a bane mob. But, um, yeah. Hi, yeah. You know, with the pitchforks. Uh, yeah, it's true. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. yeah. Got to ask you, Andy. How were you taking penalties then? Did you take your dad's uh, ability at penalties? Or... Do you know what I'm going to say? Yes. Mm. <laughs> I took penalties for all the teams that I played for. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've, if I missed one, it was a pre season friendly. Fantastic. And my old teammates. Would tell you that if I'm honest. I mean, I, I played for just junior football clubs in Fife, to be honest. Mm-hmm. It's it, the game in the sort of lower regions has changed completely now, um, mm-hmm. in terms of how it's operated and run, and it's all in the pyramid system, which I think is a good thing. But in that, at that time, I played it was just the Fife Junior League, and um, yeah, no, I, I didn't miss any penalties at all, to be perfectly honest with you. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. We'll take your word for it. We'll take your word for it. The one, the one, the one most pressure penalty I ever had. I was playing for a, a team called Crossgates Primrose, and we were playing against Thornton Hibs at home, and we were winning seven 0 We were giving them an absolute shoeing, and we got a penalty, and somebody had shouted to our goalkeeper. Ali Jenkins, his name was. He actually used to play for St. Johnson, believe it or not. He was on St. Johnson's books, I think, at one time. Because um, there was quite a few ex-pros played junior football, remember, at that time. Mm-hmm. Anyway, they were all shouting for Big Jenks to take the penalty, and I shouted, no way! And you see, when I put that ball down, I thought, I better not miss this. <laughs> <laughs> that was the most pressure penalty I ever had. I scored it, anyway. 8 no, we won. Oh, well, you've got your hundred percent record, so <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a good. Um, I got asked the question a good few years back, and that was, uh, could you name father son duels that played for Dundee, and you never came up on it. So there we can update no. the list. Well, did, well, did I? I said, does yeah, a reserve I, game count? Well, yeah, because count. yeah, because there was a few people in it whose sons or a relative played, and it was a reserve match. Somebody came out, we like. Right. Like stuff, so right. they, they, they kind of count that. So they were can put um, put your name to it now. <laughs> I tell you what, I tell you what, there was one, 
there was. Have you ever heard this? Uh, not soccer aid, but football aid. There might even be a listeners on here that will remember it. And see, in two thousand and three, when Dundee got to the cup final, mm-hmm. about I think it was the day before the semi final against Inverness. Boo at Hamden. <laughs> When Nemzadzi scored, we won one nil and got to the final. The day before that, at Dens, there was a game for something called Football Aid, which was a charity, and it was to help people with diabetes and everything. And it was nationwide. You could, you could, basically, what you did was you bid to play at a ground of your choice. It was like an auction online. Cool. So if somebody put more money into play in your position, you had to bid more money to get. So. I'll, I'll tell you, I ended up paying 275 quid to, to wear the number five jersey playing in the home strip against guys playing the away strip at Dens Park on that Saturday. There was one ex-Dundee player in either team and there was an ex-Dundee person who was affiliated with the club as the manager and everyone else was just punters. And I thought, no, I, I'm, I'm definitely, I want to play in this. I'm dead. I was about, how old was I? I mean, 32, 33 year old, something like that. I want to play in this game. I have to. So I ended up playing kind of left centre half. I was quite good there. Um, <laughs> and and uh, Ray Farnham played beside me at the other centre half. Class. Bobby Glennie was playing centre half for the other team. We were in the away strip. And it was a great laugh. I think, I think the, the score was about 9-5 or something. But I, I scored a goal that day. And I was actually was crying after I scored it. <laughs> nobody, nobody will know that because they wouldn't have seen. But I did. And it's the best goal I've ever scored in my life. And it was from miles out. And when, and when you're all talking about that Boys Robinson's goal the other week, saying what a great goal it was, I was further out than him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it was on video, and there might even be somebody out there who still got it. We need uh, to see that. We got to Bob, them Bobby, Bobby Glenny had looked up. He picked up the ball down at the the Shankly end, and he looked up in the midfield to play a pass in the midfield. And I saw, I read the pass. So the ball came on, and it was a half volley on my right foot. No, half volley on my left foot. It popped up to my right foot, so I thought, I can't hit that on my right foot because that's where I'm standing on. So I basically just knocked on my left foot and hit it on the volley about 35 yards anyway at least. Dipped right over the keeper into the net. And Bobby Glenny had shouted when I hit it, he went, just leave that, that's going into the stand. So the keeper left it, <laughs> right he's hitting it at the back of the net. It was a beauty. <laughs> so if anybody, if anybody listening uh, kens Bobby Glenny, ask him, if Andy Penman's son scored the best goal ever at Dens. I'll, I'll text him. I'll text him. Yeah, ask him. <laughs> Don't you worry. I thought, I you you need to ask, if you ask, if you ask Davey Young that takes the photographs, mm-hmm. he was there that day and he'll tell you that. Right, you we'll, tag, we'll tag him <laughs> in this when we put it up. Oh, <laughs> <definitely>. <clears throat> but Andy, yeah, fant- fantastic having you on, mate. I really appreciate you coming on and telling Brilliant. some of your stories and everything, eh? Um, oh, yeah, I mean, if you didn't mind hanging about for a couple of minutes, me and Paul have got this thing where, so last week he picked his best Dundee 11 for when he's been going to see it. Dundee. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. so I'm going to pick Minx. 
So I'll not take as long as Paul. I'm just going to fling in we are just going to just say it. So so he's picked Douglas. I picked Spironi because in your time, like they're the two best goalkeepers that we've probably ever seen. Yeah. So I'll go I'll go for the other Spironi. Um again I'm going to copy on we Adamchuk at right back. Um can't mm-hmm. see past him. But my centre half PM, I'm going to cheat a wee bit here. So I'm going to pick Barry Smith because he did kind of play defensive midfielder um mm-hmm. later on and stuff like that. But played centre back and I, I thought he was he was fantastic and he would kind of play that year. So I'm picking him. And this is where I'm kind of cheating a bit because I'm picking him because people older than me know how great a player he was when he first played for Dundee. But I still thought he was a good player when he played for us. So there, there's a wee technicality. Jim Duffy. Shock. There. Yeah. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> and so I went we and Johnny Hernandez at left back. I thought he was absolutely amazing. I was either between him and Marcelo Morocco, who I always thought was vastly underrated. Mm-hmm. Just no nonsense. Um so there's my goalkeeper Spironi, Adamchak, Smith and Duffy, and Hernandez. Not so, bad, not bad. So I went four midfielders as well. Again, I'm going to cheat a wee bit here because they're the same as Paul. Um, so I went for McCann on the left because um, I'm like, he was like probably the best left winger I've seen at Dens. Um, and then Zadzi in the middle because, again, then Zadzi's probably the best centre midfielder I've ever seen. But because you picked Harkins and I thought it was the slowest midfield like that any team had ever <laughs> witnessed, um, I went for Kit Spire. Because oh. in, in the small time he was at Dundee, he was head and shoulders. Obviously, that's no pun because he's bald, but he was head and shoulders like above like anybody I've seen. And he would do ah, the donkey work, I think, in that team. Um, so I think you've kind of got a good work ethic between this year. So got them scored, I'm sure he scored two absolute rakers against yes. Motherwell. Aye, and I'm pretty sure he hit the crossbar as well. Yep. That game. I was at that game. Yeah, absolutely amazing. Um, Unbelievable. So, so I've picked that, and then for my right winger would be Javier Atero. Because he, oh, we did what? Do I have to like describe him? He, no. He's one of the best right wingers that I've seen. Like, obviously, um, his career at Dens was cut short by that horrible illness, the MS. Um, but, I mean, when he played for us at his, at his uh, peak, Absolutely un- untouchable, man. Hey, games against Aberdeen, and remember the, the last game of the season against United when we beat them 3 0. Um, mm-hmm. and I think that was that would have been Jockey Scott's last derby before Benetti came in, and yep. he just just ripped them apart. Um, but going for like a 4 4 1 1, so I've got uh, stats to back up what I'm picking. So you can you <laughs> pick like so you pick like Kanija <laughs> and Sarah. And you can probably throw in Caballero and boys like that there. But I'm going to go with Greg Stewart and Kane Hemmings up top. Because the facts are, when they played together in that one season, Hemmings, 25 goals. The only player to do that since Novo, 2003-04. And before that, since Tommy Coyne, 87-88. Stewart scored 11 goals as well, but set up loads. To me, they knocked Kenija, Sarah, Caballero out of the water just for that one season, because they've got the goals, the assists, to back it up. There we go. But I can that there's too much <laughs> fanfare with the Dundee fans. We we the boys at that time, like Kinija, and that'll probably cost me winning this if I've got the best team. But I'm just mm. flinging out facts there. 
I've flung out facts, do they be my picks? And if people then they want to look at the facts and pick yours just because you've got Kinesia, then that's fair. I'm, Danny, I'm going to go with score draw. Score draw. <laughs> score draw. <laughs> An amicable draw. Stay fine. It'll be about eight all. Eight all or something. <laughs> yeah. Andy, Andy, we'll put you on the spot. The first vote, who are you voting for? Why has got the better team, me or Paul? Oh. He's here, I forgot to. Do you know what? I, I like Paul's team better. <sighs> Disappointing. And probably because I swung it for me was the Harkins Nimzadze thing. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like footballers. I don't I can't be bothered with the hatchet men, to be honest with you. They've got their place, but I'd rather just play teams off the park than kick them. <laughs> about Hopkins and Mzazi are only going to play people off the park they're not <laughs> can it be on two well, of them can spin on a fucking ten pence uh, what, I, remember, what mean by that I, remember, I remember when Harkins first joined Dundee right at the very beginning he was playing out in the left wing was he not yeah and when he was getting the ball he was going past people thinking wow what have we got here I, th- I, I like watching him play to be perfectly honest with you I, I enjoyed Harkins when he was at Dundee I am absolutely one of my favourite players but I'm just basing it on I can't hear him and Mzadzi in the same team <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying to hear logic behind my picks Paul just, <clears throat> Paul just went and flung favourite players in yeah I, try, I, try, I, I, I was going to go down the logic route as well but then I was like nah I want to see boys just absolutely destroying like players just taking the piss out of them you know what I mean? And Mzazi and Harkins were excellent at taking the piss out of players. Well, um, well all I can say is I'm glad I took the serious ball. <laughs> you know how... <laughs> nah, nah, not having that. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll leave it like that. We'll, we'll maybe put this out. I didn't want to put it out to a vote now because now that I've said my team, I just, nah, I think I'm just going to get annihilated, am I? No, people will probably just people will probably vote for you because they think I'm a prick. Good point. <laughs> Good point. Because you are, but <laughs> that's it. See everybody you've had Twitter spats with. I've, I've resigned. Hopefully they're listening to this and they vote for me instead. I've been, blo- <laughs> I've been blocked by them all anyway, so <laughs> it's, their, it's their loss. <laughs> but we'll leave it at that we'll come back next week we'll speak about who won between me and Paul if Dundee won against the New Saints and uh, I think it's looking ahead to Hamilton away mm-hmm. yeah yep. looking ahead to Hamilton away and if there's anything else um, actually the, the we should be looking at um, the stadium plans it's uh, the event's meant to be the end of the month the 26th 27th 28th or something and I think by the letter of the council that was sent out Dundee have got to put something on their website on the 19th, which is tomorrow, which probably won't happen because there's also um, the whole country's kind of shut down um, mm. for the for the Queen's funeral. So we'll maybe see something coming up on their website soon. Maybe no, but that's what it kind of says. So it might be a wee talking point next week as well, but uh, we'll wait and see. Uh, but Paul, thanks for being here again and uh, contributing. No problem. No yeah. problem at all. Big thanks and, to Andy, obviously. Yep. And Andy, cheers, mate, for coming on and telling some stories there. That was fantastic, eh? So it's always right. good to hear hear stuff from like that, eh? So I can only thank you very much for taking time out. Um, well, can I, can I just say for both of you, thanks for inviting me along in the first place um, and keep up the good work because 
honestly, see you on a Monday morning, coming and listen to the podcast. It's enjoy. I enjoy listening to it, and that's kind of why we've got to know one another anyway through that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. keep up the good work, guys. It's really good. It's good to listen to. Appreciate that, mate. And Cheers, like I say, Monday morning, you can listen to your own voice now. <laughs> the strange experience. Yeah. <laughs> it's a well-being. Thanks very yeah, much. No problem at all, Andy. Right, that's us off. And like you say, we'll be back uh, next Monday and uh, speak about everything Dundee. Catch you later.